0: tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Hello, welcome. (laughs) Where in the world is Waldo or Breezy Bree. Oh my goodness, everyone. I have been off of the map a little bit recently. A lot has happened. A lot has been going on. And actually, this is a perfect episode to talk about this because we are going to talk about the technique of yoga. And is there a technique in yoga? And we're going to define the word technique. However, before I begin, you might be wondering, where have I been? Well, I performed in a ballet. Yep, you heard it here first. Last weekend, actually, uh, let's see. I guess it depends on when this episode publishes. But let's just say, within the last couple of weeks, I performed in a ballet. It was so amazing. It was um amazing. (laughs) It was so much fun everyone. I haven't really talked about it on yoga podcasts. Some of you have heard me drop little thoughts about ballet and about my ballet teacher Miss Bianca and a little bit here and there but I haven't really just all out come out and talked about it. I have been training since February multiple times a week and Started doing rehearsals, I believe, in May. And it was so much fun. It was such a beautiful adventure, such an awesome way to spend my summer. I can't even believe that I did it, and cannot even believe that it was an option to do. So I don't want to talk too much about it. It's one of those things where it was like this beautiful personal experience, but there were so many nuggets that I took away from it. Not only did it remind me so much of the yoga community and I think it's just such a applause to Bianca who owns Bianca Lily Ballet Studios here where I live locally also known as B Studios and it has just been such an amazing experience she has this very close-knit community she offers this beautiful opportunity to connect back to your own self which just reminds me so much of yoga and furthermore she has a very um, beautiful way of I think like integrating yoga into her ballet studio. I don't know if it's because she's a vegan or if it's because she's you know into animal rights and she shares a lot of those philosophies with what we do in Our philosophy of yoga, especially when we think about the eight limbs of yoga, or if she has that spiritual practice, you know, that awareness and that philosophy. But guess what? We're going to be able to ask her all of this pretty soon here, right here on Yoga Podcast. So stay tuned for that in the future. She's actually going to come on, hopefully, for multiple episodes in a series where we're going to break down. Plant based nutrition, veganism, that political side of veganism, that philosophical side of veganism, animal rights and why all of this is important to her and also her journey to get to this place where she's created such a beautiful community and studio that definitely parallels, if not mirrors, what us yogis like to think of when we're practicing. Also, pretty soon I will be teaching yoga At her studio which is really awesome for me because I get to teach yoga in a dance studio and I've started off my yoga career actually (laughs) teaching dance in a yoga studio now my variation of dance and Bianca's variation of dance is not quite the same I teach more body movement to music musicality and basically moving the body to the beat and losing yourself to music which i call dance flow um, i have such a big history in samba dance and salsa dance and also um, teaching zumba you know i like to consider myself like a pioneer in the zumba space um, especially where i live that was my thing but um i have Pretty much burnt myself out teaching Zumba and sort of have put my foot down and refused to teach that style of, you know, fitness. And, I, you know, many people have asked me to teach Zumba and it's so fun. It's so lively. I've done a lot of jam sessions and master classes and, you know, lots of things like that, of course. But the reason why I don't want to teach Zumba anymore, I think, is because. I've come to learn to love technique. Yes, bringing it back, full circle, back to the topic of today's episode. So anyway, um, before I move forward and we talk about yoga specifically, I do wanna just let you know that Bianca will be on the podcast at some point in hopefully the near future. So I will alert you. You all, when that time comes, and that will be really exciting. She not only is a former professional in ballet and dance, she's a master teacher. She has, as I mentioned, a beautiful studio. You know, prior to our performances, she had us do a meditation. It was just all the things that I feel like I've manifested over the last several years. Um, Some of you know and many of you don't that I went through some pretty traumatic experiences in my personal life several years ago and recreated some of that in my life again a few years ago but in between that time I had actually tried to study at her school and Had some reasons why I wasn't able to. And she also was off to study ballet and perform in Berlin. And it was such a huge thing. And it forever stuck in the back of my mind. From time to time, I sort of checked in on her website. And eventually this year, joined her studio. So it's been almost like a homecoming to me in my own mind. (laughs) Without her knowing. Um, But... Timing is everything and I do believe in divine timing and so much has happened in my life since I first wanted to be a part of her studio. I've had such personal revelations and healing and you know emotional maturity and studies in my own right with my own body and also I've just learned to appreciate being in the moment and I think from the time that I wanted to do wanted to be a part of her studio and study under her to the time that I started is like two different humans within myself and I'm so grateful and honored that the timing was just right for me now although I'm sure it would have been right in its own way at the time because she specializes in so many more things other than dance you know she is a nutritionist she is a healer in her own right and she is a person who's very perceptive of others um She's like a big sister. She's, you know, she's a master of what she does, of her craft, and of herself as a human. So, yeah, I have tried to have other guests on Yoga podcasts. There are actually a few people who I would love to still have on the podcast. I've had some bad experiences trying to line up guests that kind of made me want to just focus on the task at hand but i think it's time um also michelle the owner of my vinyasa practice out of austin texas and who also runs a most successful international yoga school that i happen to have had the pleasure of attending as well as being a teacher mentor and being able to do online videos the business of yoga and many more for her studios um and who is a part of their yoga therapy module program now, I really want to have Michelle on yoga podcasts in the future. And that is super important to me as well. So there are some really masters that I think have just started to come to the surface and remind me of why I haven't had people on my podcast to interview or just collaborate with in the past. And that I'm really excited to do so in the future, especially entering into the fifth year of yoga podcast in 2023. So all all is coming. All is coming. So let's talk about technique and why this is a perfect segue from talking about ballet. Ballet is, you know, undoubtedly one of those, you know, very technical practices, foundational practices. I like to make the parallel in the yoga space with, you know, set Siri programs like or disciplines like Ashtanga, right? Um, even Kundalini yoga, just, you know, yoga disciplines that require much more thought process versus, you know, in the Western space of yoga today, we want a lot of acceptance, which I think is beautiful, which in a way, adult ballet with what, and how Bianca teaches reminds me a lot of how we teach yoga today. It's more about bringing your body to the practice, your mind to the practice, your spiritual beliefs and practices, your philosophical beliefs and practices, and yoga will meet you there, right? However, yoga didn't always start that way. I mean, it was really for very lanky teenage boys that can put their bodies in lots of different shapes, very acrobatic and pretzely and bendy and flexible, right? Um, And it has manifested itself into this Western place to where it's about true acceptance. And really, I think, aligning itself with the true intention and philosophy of yoga. But There was many journeys and many paths to get to this place. I mean, women weren't even allowed to practice for a while. And then when it made it to the West, it became, especially when it was in Germany and in that region, it was about teaching, you know, soldiers essentially how to meditate, how to quiet their mind and find peace while also teaching yogis how to be more powerful in their movements and became this marriage of like this more acrobatic or gymnastics variation of yoga, which is really where Ashtanga was born out of and, and that modification of the series, especially when you get into the more advanced series of that discipline, you're gonna see a lot of that gymnastic side of um, the German practice, you know, infiltrating into the yogic space. And then as it moved further west into the Americas, but specifically the United States, you're going to see it becoming like an aristocratic practice and for rich people only and for famous people only. And then we have what what we see today. And so is there a technique? And what is technique? And as I tried to segue it from my ballet talk, my ballet speak, really, when you think about ballet, it is the foundation. Now, some people refer to ballet as brutal, (laughs) right? And it can be. It can be very unforgiving. It can not be Um, at all welcoming to all shapes and sizes of bodies, right? It's an art form. It's an expensive art form, not only for the dancer, the athlete, but for the um, culture. You know, it's the culture of ballet is very aristocratic. So, you can see some very... I'm trying to make some very general connections here um, in order to prove my point a little bit, right? And when we think about technique, technique is a skill. But the actual definitions, one definition is technique is a way of carrying out a particular task, especially the execution or performance of an artistic work or a scientific procedure. So one way of thinking about it is a surgical technique Or um, a skill or ability in a particular field. So maybe um, commenting in a way that says he or she has excellent technique. Another definition is a skillful or efficient way of doing or achieving something. So um, for instance, my technique in recording yoga podcasts and what I need to do to prepare my voice, to articulate my words, to be able to flow, to be able to create something that can be edited in a place that becomes audible for the audience is indeed a technique as well. With all of that said, I like to also think about technique as being a proper way and I put proper in quotations because I can mean lots of different things. But if we try to think about proper as meaning the most healthful way of doing something, especially when we think about our body, but it could also be in any capacity, a way that is most beneficial for us that can meet us to a place where we don't um, leave off in worse condition than where we came in. So hopefully... At the end of it, we're better than where we started. That in itself can be considered, in my opinion, a way of thinking about technique and applying it to yoga. So in certain disciplines of yoga, there's definite technique being applied. Um, yin yoga being a particular technique, right? Um, which is a little bit different. It's a, it's a different um, foundation but it's still under this yogic umbrella. Kamedic yoga is a technique. Again, different discipline under the philosophy of yoga. I've mentioned the Shtanga a bunch of times because that's a very, very set technique. Um, Iyengar yoga is a very specific technique, right? There's a specific way of teaching it, learning it, and doing it, which, again, you can think about with yoga. Now, when I used to be a runner... I started off running like most people start off running, you know, just, just walking to jogging to running and kind of just appreciating that. And then what tends to happen is you want to become more efficient, right? You want to, you know, preserve your body in a way that you're not needing a lot of downtime in between runs. You want to, in some cases, burn more calories or get further or run longer, whatever it is if you're a sprinter versus a long distance runner in my case i was training to become a long distance runner marathoner and ultra runner so things when i first started off just jogging didn't matter to me when i was jogging i was just enjoying getting out there while there was daylight while there was a temperature that my body could appreciate (laughs) wearing the right running shoes so my knees wouldn't hurt and my hips wouldn't be too achy burning some calories listening to some music that was all i cared about um, being able to run a mile was a big deal. Then it was run a mile in a certain specific amount of time and then beat that time. And then my best PR, which is my personal record. And then it was, ooh, can I run a race? Um, and then can I run in cold weather can I run in rain (laughs) you know can I run on the road can I run on the trail can I run at higher elevations can I run at lower elevations and it became a thing right became like anything else it became a discipline it became me wanting to know what type of water bottle should I purchase and what type of um athletic wear should I wear technical wear Where do I go to the bathroom? How long can I run before needing the bathroom? How much should I drink before my bladder is full? You know, should I get out earlier so I can run longer? What does it take to run longer? Do I need different shoes? (laughs) It was a thing. Actually experiencing that this year with dance, it's like, what should I wear? What should I eat? What should I not eat? You know, what makes my stomach hurt? What should I do to rest my muscles later? Very much reminds me of the athletic endeavors of running. And, you know, everybody has some experience like that in some capacity, right? Um, you know, bodybuilders, I've worked with bodybuilders, you know, I trained as a fitness um you know, in fitness, bodybuilding, and that was a whole thing um, on what not to do and what to do and how much sleep you should get and all of this. It's doesn't matter what it is. It all takes that much mindfulness to get there. When I first started practicing yoga, and I got really into yoga, I tend to veer, I veered myself towards hot yoga. I think I love that intensity because it reminded me a lot of running. It reminded me a lot of my history in salsa dance and samba dance and dancing. And it just felt athletic. It felt challenging, right? But then when I started to appreciate the practice of yoga and my body and meditation and pratyama i wanted to experience it slow i wanted to experience holding the postures i wanted to experience Iyengar yoga and then i got into other disciplines right and i quickly started to learn that depending on the discipline depending on the teacher and depending on the style there was a right and a wrong way and then i started to learn that there was no wrong way because the philosophy of yoga there is no wrong way to do yoga, but that became very tricky for my brain because I was used to learning something specific and following the rules. I am a rule follower. I am not a type A personality by any means. I'm not a perfectionist. I don't try to be a perfectionist. I'm very comfortable with making mistakes, but if I had to give myself on a scale of an A type personality, I would say I'm a B+. Plus. because I shy just short of needing to dot my I's and cross my T's perfectly. Um, But to many other people, I might seem more closer to a perfectionist than them, but to perfectionists, I'm definitely not, right? So B+. And in being a B-plus personality type, I like to follow the rules. I like to know what I'm supposed to be doing. I like to understand and comprehend the quote unquote right way and wrong way of doing things. But I also am very comfortable with improvising and doing what's best for my body. I'm very confident in dialing things down or taking things up if my body allows me to. So what I've come to realize over the years in studying yoga and teaching yoga and practicing yoga for my own body and working with lots of different bodies I even had a private student who needed an oxygen tank. And in working with someone with that type of limitation, especially with yoga being a breathing practice, right? What separates yoga from every other type of discipline when it comes to asana, the movement of your body into the postures? is that we breathe, that we focus on making it a mindful practice, a mindful meditation. Otherwise, it could be easily gymnastics, or it could be easily a cardio workout, or just anything else for that matter. That's what I like to think what separates a handstand in yoga versus a handstand in gymnastics. And mind you, I've taught gymnastics, I've taught all-star cheerleaders, and they all do handstands, right? And I've also taught handstands in yoga workshops. And I teach both ways, both techniques, completely different. If anything, I teach, I used to teach my gymnasts how to do it in a more yogic fashion, right? Which is breathing in and out and through the posture. But I also appreciated the need to teach gymnasts and all-star cheerleaders that they needed to just hit it and they needed to get there. And sometimes that required holding their breath a little bit to snap it at the end and come out of it, right? So there is a philosophy to understanding the skill set of something and the technique of that something and the foundation of it, but also being able to apply it to your body. And in yoga, that's exactly what we're doing. When we're setting up, let's say, Warrior Two, right? And in Warrior Two, if you recall, just for, for the audience who might not be super familiar, Warrior Two is that really powerful pose that's really recognizable, probably one of the most recognizable postures in yoga other than downward facing dog. If you see Warrior Two, you probably recognize it as a yoga pose, but it is a martial arts pose as well. And it is that beautiful posture where our hands are lengthened. Um, on either ends of our mat, linear-wise, our head is facing toward the front hand, and the back hand is floating up, and they're both in equal alignment from fingertip to fingertip, ideally, right? Fingers spread or connected together. And then your front leg, let's just say it's your right leg, right hand is facing the front, and your eyes are following, and your left leg is parallel to the back of your mat, so in that 90-degree space. Front toes are pointed forward, back toes are pointed sideways and your hips are pointed sideways towards the back toes not pointed forward toward the front knee right so that's the main difference from warrior one to warrior two your hips are not pointing toward the front and your foot is 90 degree not 45 degree from warrior one to warrior two okay just just a quick little thought process there now the Best technique here is that your front knee is over that ankle toward the front toe, right? You're sinking into that hips with that front bent knee. And then the back of you is lengthened, that back leg is lengthened, and you're edging that back foot 90 degrees toward the mat, right? So your weight is edging into that back of your foot or that side of your foot, the edge of your foot. And as you sink through your hips, or even if you're not sinking through your hips, you're high up on that front leg, that front quadricep, either way, you're still able to have that knee over the, the ankle. So that's a, that's a technique. That's a safety precaution. Now, when you look down, that front heel is either going to be lined up with your back heel or the ball of your foot, the middle of your foot, whichever is best for your body there. That, again, is a technique, but for safety. Now when the technique changes for more skill, that will start to be where your dristi is, off the tip of your front finger perhaps, your shoulders down and out of your ears, your heart lifted, your belly engaged, your tail coming down toward the earth but not tucked, but not sticking out like a duck. And then deciding on what you wanted to do with your leg or hips, that would all become a part of that particular technique for that pose. But The skill part of it comes from the breath work, right? So being able to hold that posture, keep your eyes on your dristi, keep your focus in the present, becoming meditative and practicing your pratyam practice, your breath work. That's the special technique that makes it yoga, okay? So yes, there is a technique. Now, a lot of people many people can do the pose, right? They have the flexibility, they have the strong knees, they have the loose hips, they have the strong quadriceps, they can hold that pose for ages, shoulders out of ears, but maybe they're thinking about the person next to them or how they look in the mirror or they're listening to the sounds of of the outdoors or the music or whatever the case may be or they're thinking of homework or grocery lists or they're saying weird things in their mind like they're not good enough or this is boring (laughs) whatever and no matter how well their body looks in the shape and how well the technique looks externally the technique of yoga is really what's happening internally right? So having that A personality externally is not going to serve you well here. You need more of that B plus, right? It's like I want to externally strive for this asana and to do everything right so that the technique is safe. And I have the foundation that I need to be able to quiet the mind and focus on my dristi and engage my ulyala bandhas, and focus on my breath work and get into a mindful space and really disappear for however long I'm in this place. That is what matters. It's the internal technique. And only you know what that looks like, right? And that's what makes yoga also so very special. Now, in comparison that to, let's say, dance, the technique of dance, the technique of running, that sort of thing, that's a little bit different, right? Because it is an external factor. And you're trying to mirror that internal angst and that internal, like, drive to meet that external technique. But in yoga, it's like almost literally the reverse. It's like setting up that foundation externally, but really settling into it internally. So, ideally, in yoga, we wanna still create that awareness of what the shape looks like, how our body can allow yoga to meet us to where we can modify and we can create the variation that we need, right? Not everybody's going to do exactly that warrior to the same and nor do we want to do that, right? In my classes, I really pride myself as a teacher on not only creating modifications and variations and and options, which is important, but to get the body moving in the posture before it settles and gets still in the posture. It's like, let's move, let's figure out what our body needs. Let's figure out what our shoulders needs in Warrior Two. what our hips are looking for today, what our legs need today. Do our knees need a little less bend, a little more bend? Do we need to make our stance closer or wider? Do we need to get off of our mat and get onto a floor, use a chair, use a wall, use a prop? Because what we need is peace and calm in the nervous system so that we can really give every cell of our body a delicious oxygen hug. Doesn't that sound amazing? Doesn't that make you want to practice yoga more when you realize that you get to show up, you get to decide, you get to figure it out? for your body that your teacher is giving you those suggestions is helping guide you there is helping you get safe and helping you practice the pose so you can get the benefits of the pose right there's a reason why we practice warrior one two and three or the series which i've talked about on yoga podcast if you follow my yoga pose breakdown series from a couple of years ago which is all on my website you can actually they're all organized there for you You'll learn the why. You'll learn what the pose brings to you, to your body, to your spine, right? You'll learn why that pose is created, ideally, or esoterically, or spiritually, or physically. Mentally, there's a purpose. It's not just how it looks in, in a picture for socials, <laughs> right? Um, there's, there's some ancient reasoning, right? There's some wisdoms there. But furthermore, once you find the shape for your body, bringing in those other limbs of yoga, that meditation, that pratyama, that mindfulness, that introspection, that personal healing and connection, back to self, self self-care, being in that moment, letting go. (sighs) All right, yogis. So look forward to bringing Miss Bianca on Yoga Podcast in the near future, as well as maybe even feeling that beauty of kicking off a collab series. So if you... Are listening and you want to share your story with me, please find me at com. You can email me Bree, B-R-E-E at com. You can find me on social media and message me there. I've received a lot of messages from you out there about collabing, but I am going to be very intentional about who I collab with just to keep the connection For our audience, authentic. And also, I want to learn from people who inspire me as well. And I'm not just looking for any old collab, but if you have a story to share how yoga has changed your life or healed your body, or maybe you have an expertise that you've been able to apply to your practice, please reach out to me. I would love to learn more. So, thank you for listening to Yoga Podcast. Please do go in peace. Namaste. It's me, Breezy Bree, and you just finished listening to a brand new episode of Yoga Podcast. Did you know I started recording back in 2018 with almost 500 episodes, hundreds of those free audio yoga classes? I am so honored to guide you on your personal practice on and off of the mat. Check out my website lovebreezybreeyoga.com. A link In the show notes will be provided along with lots of amazing information for your practice. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste.